Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the book of Ecuadorian folklore recorded by Mario Conde. This is the first episode of my Halloween series. In the first story, a bad priest tricks a naive woman and is punished for it. In the second story, a ghost might not be a ghost, but then again, it might be a ghost? And a big thank you again to Mario Conde for letting me cover his stories. Okay, let's begin. The Enchanted Priest Pataki is a little town on the border between the provinces of Pinchincha and Imbambura, about half an hour away from San Jose de Minas. They say that a very long time ago, there was a priest who would travel to San Jose every Sunday to say Mass. One day, however, the father mysteriously vanished while making the trip and was never heard from again. There are those who believe that the only priestly thing about him was his cassock, and that he was being punished by God for being a fraud and a womanizer. On one occasion, the father presided over the marriage of two young people who were the envy of all Pataki. The groom was strong and handsome and belonged to the rural corps, which in those days had the duty of chasing down the bandits and highwaymen who plagued the roads. The bride from a neighboring town was so beautiful that she struck speechless all that laid eyes upon her. She had the same effect on the priest. The moment he saw her walk into the church, more beautiful than ever in her wedding gown, he was caught in the grip of passion. One Sunday before Mass, the young couple gave the priest a bronze bell, the kind that people use in the processions during Holy Week. The wife was pregnant, and the couple brought the gift to the priest in the hope of getting him to bless the unborn child. When he learned that the object of his desire was with child, the priest went mad with jealousy and resolved to make her his own that very same day. He put on a grave face and began to lecture them, telling them that he would never bless a child without first making sure all was sound in the parents' relationship. Knowing that the husband had to go on patrol with the rural corps that same morning, he made an appointment with the wife to meet him in the church at noon. As soon as he had asked her a few simple questions, he assured her he would grant his blessing. Back then, people were more trusting. The girl went to the chapel at noon without her husband. When they were alone in the little room in the church, the priest asked her questions about her intimate life with her husband. After a while, the priest became indignant and refused to bless the child, claiming that the husband had failed to provide eyes for the child. He warned her that she needed to give the unborn child eyes immediately, and that if she did not, it would be born deformed. Inconsolable, the girl began to weep because her husband was on patrol and would be gone for the next two days. Given the urgency of the case, the priest offered to substitute for the husband, for humanitarian reasons, that very moment. The girl unhappily accepted, and the priest was able to take advantage of her gullibility. Once she had received his blessing, she thanked the priest for his service and went to leave, furiously threatening to scold her husband for not knowing how to do certain things properly. When she crossed the threshold of the door of the chapel, the crowing cry of a rooster, always the first to denounce infidelities, sounded throughout the town. The words of the girl made the priest nervous. 
Well informed of the young man's noble character, and knowing that he would seek vengeance immediately when he found out about the dirty trick, the priest decided to leave immediately for San Jose de Minas. He intended to bring a few belongings and flee to one of the towns on the coast where he could hide. No sooner had the rooster finished crowing than the father packed up the little bell the couple had given him, hopped on his mule, and skipped town. No one ever saw him again. In those days, going from Pataki to San Jose de Minas took about an hour by mule, along a path that wound through a dense mountainous landscape. All along the path there were scattered giant boulders and enormous rocky crags, along with numerous caves where bandits often had their hideouts. The priest made his way through these parts, when he suddenly heard a deafening clap of thunder. Startled, he dropped the little bell. As he paused to pick it up, there was another booming roar, and the skies opened up into an intense downpour. He was soaked in moments. Cursing, he grabbed the rein of the mule and hurried along a muddy, mossy slope, at the end of which was a fissure in the rock that formed kind of a cave. When he reached the cave, he heard, through the fury of the downpour, the cry of a rooster, as if once again announcing his sin. Once safe from the rain, he forgot the rooster's strange crowing song. He then unpacked the mule and began to wipe off his little bell with his wet cassock. The bell rang as he polished it, but it did not emit the sound one would have expected from a bell of that size, but a deeper, ominous, disturbing ring. Suddenly, the ringing of the bell began to sound like the funeral bells tolling for someone's death. Alarmed, the priest hurled the little bell to the ground and crossed himself. Sin, denial, punishment. The rooster crowed a third time, and the enchanted object, without the intervention of any human force, continued tolling. Talan, talan, talan. The priest tried to flee from the cave, but it was as if his feet were somehow melted into the rocky floor. The priest began to pray, repent, entrusting his soul to St. Eugenia, while the little bell continued to toll. Talan, talan, talan. When the bell tolled twelve times twelve, for the exact hour the girl had been driven to sin, the earth began to shake. The terrified priest saw the interior of the cave begin to contract like bread dough, threatening to trap him there, petrified for all eternity as punishment for his sin. Inside, the opening of the cave closed and everything went dark. Outside, the boulder was left smooth, nothing but a rock at the foot of the hill, with only an immense scar to mark where the cave had been. In this region, the boulder is known today as the Rock of the Enchanted Priest. Travelers who have braved this old trail say that every Sunday at noon, the time when beings from beyond suffer the most, you can hear a rooster crow its mysterious song. After that, if you listen carefully, you can hear a bell toll exactly twelve times, as if marking someone's death. It is the Enchanted Priest doing his eternal penance from deep within the stone. The End
Okay, and story number two, The Headless Priest. Back in the days before there were public streetlights, few people ever went out into the streets at night. This was true in the city of Riobamba, but it was particularly true on Saturdays. After six o'clock, the people of Riobamba would gather in their homes, lock their doors and windows, and go to bed early, all while praying devoutly that they would not hear a terrifying sound that seemed to wander through the plains outside the city. According to certain libertines, who had been caught outside of their homes after dark, the noise was caused by the beating hooves of a black horse, which appeared suddenly out of the darkness in the fog. The galloping and whinnying of the beast were shocking, but it was nevertheless the rider that caused the most terror, for it was a headless ghost. On Saturday night, a group of greedy men met where bright blue flashes had been seen the previous nights. According to local legend, there was a huaca buried there, a pre-Spanish native treasure. Carrying picks and shovels, the men followed a huacuero, or treasure hunter, who, using a divining rod and holy water, instructed them where to dig. Two of the men began to dig, preparing to take turns with their companions, while the huacuero held a candle aloft for light. They had dug about a meter down when they hit something with their shovels that sounded like wood. Perhaps a chest full of fabulous treasure. The night was cold and gloomy. Two men whose turn it was to dig, and whose bodies were nearly completely inside the hole, attempted to pull out the chest. But at that moment, they heard a deafening gallop, followed by the shouts of their companions. The two men stood up, looked, and saw someone covered in a black poncho atop a great horse. The two men cried out, and their legs grew unsteady when they saw the headless specter, and they found themselves unable to flee. The legends of Riobamba say that after the headless horseman appeared several times, some daring young men decided to get to the bottom of the mystery. They had their doubts about the supernatural origins of the ghost, and so one Saturday night, the group waited along a road where the galloping apparition often appeared and strung a thin rope from one side of the road to the other. If the horseman were indeed from the other side, he would pass through the rope as if it were no more than a breeze. On the other hand, if it were some prankster from this world, his mischief would end that very night. The young men waited where they could be seen, behind the rope. After ten o'clock, they heard the noisy galloping, and they began moving around in order to get the rider's attention. When the horrible rider appeared out of the darkness, he saw the young men and spurred his horse to chase them. The impact was terrible. The horse hurtled into the rope at a full gallop, and the rider was quickly thrown several feet. Concerned by the force of the collision, the young man ran to help the flesh and blood being laid out on the ground. They realized that the man's head had been invisible because it was covered with a wide-brimmed hat over which the black poncho had been hung. When they took the poncho off, they were shocked to learn the identity of the rider. It was the village priest from San Luis, a rural township of Riobamba. The conclusion of the story is not known for sure. What is certain is that the village priest, who was from then on known as the Headless Priest, was using this disguise to make nocturnal visits, by no means religious in nature, to a certain woman in town. The rest of the legend is more confusing. Some say that the priest was killed in the fall, 
and even today he still rides through the plains doing penance. Others say that the priest survived but left Riobamba, and after he died years later, was condemned as punishment for his sins to ride as a headless horseman. The legend is somewhere between truth and fiction. Even recently, there are people of Riobamba who claim to have seen the headless priest at night. They say that he still rides, chasing those who would do evil deeds under the cover of darkness. They also tell the story of a certain group of greedy men who were looking for buried treasure one night in lands that did not belong to them. When the diggers came upon the chest, the headless specter came upon them and pursued the men to the front doors of their homes. The next day, two of the men, the two who had found the chest, went to dig it back up. But no matter how deeply they dug, they found nothing. So they went to the house of the treasure hunter, who guided them to the Huaca, and asked him what had happened. But they could not talk to him either, because he had never made it home. Nor did he appear in the next few days, the next few weeks, or the next few months. He was never seen or heard from again. The End I loved in the first story how the priest was so rotten, but then was swallowed up in the cave. It was a good uh, good ending for him. And in the second story, I love the mix of Incan and Spanish cultures, and that the priest was again fooling around with somebody. Priests in these stories seem to use the cloth to cover up being awful people, or at least men of the flesh. And so to all of you who have listened to the first two stories of my Halloween extravaganza, I say thank you, happy Halloween, and good night.